Hello, and I'm delighted to welcome you to the International Association of Contract and Commercial Management's Optimism Cafe podcasts. I'm Victor Purton, Chief Optimism Officer of the Centre for Optimism, and I'm an optimist inspired by the good news stories that we've been hearing from IACCM members across the globe during this COVID-19 pandemic. Amongst the sea of content that the world wants you to consume right now, our podcasts are short, easily digestible, real-life stories that you can listen to on the go. In this first series, I'll be interviewing a phenomenal selection of IACCM members, highlighting everything from acts of human kindness, generosity, innovation, and social good at a time when we really need something to feel optimistic about. In this episode, I am excited to be talking to Vanessa Powell, who is the manager, procurement, property and facilities based in Wellington, New Zealand for the global recruitment firm, Robert Walters. With the COVID-19 global crisis, industries like travel and recruitment have been hugely impacted. With very few people hiring and contractors being terminated, it's been a tough time for the recruitment sector. We've asked Vanessa to share her experience of the crisis, as well as how she and her colleagues are preparing your business and your contractors for recovery. Vanessa has generously agreed to share some of her story with us today. And Vanessa, our opening question to everyone we interview, what makes you optimistic? Um, I'm optimistic because we, as a collective, are doing our best. <laughs> We have areas of uncertainty, obviously. COVID-19 is pretty scary stuff, and we don't know exactly what the future holds. But from an economic perspective, we've been through the GFC, so we can call on people that have lived through rebuild society, who know how to knuckle down and have done it before. Most importantly, we know that in six-ish six months, procurement and commercial will be absolutely slammed as we strive to drive best value and practice from our commercial agreements. That's brilliant. You, I love what you say there in terms of, yeah, other people have been through this. Refugees, migrants, people through the GFC. I think um, that describes it so accurately. So, Vanessa, how has COVID-19 impacted on the recruitment sector? Well, I'm New Zealand-based. So, as a nation, we went with a pretty aggressive approach here to COVID, and we went into lockdown very quickly. Things did slow considerably as confidence dropped in the market. This was felt a lot more in Auckland than Wellington, due to Wellington having a lot of people employed in government. As a business, there were minimal placements in April, but as confidence built, there started to be some movement in May, and now that New Zealand is actually back to level one, we're seeing an increase in confidence as the market stabilises. It's amazing to us, you know, that um, Australia and New Zealand, you know, islands, we've been able to control COVID, and I think you, you've now declared uh, New Zealand to be COVID-free, haven't you? Yep, nothing at the moment. Long may it go. <laughs> uh, look, I understand you had to act to protect the business as well as protect your contractors and your customer relationships as much as possible. How did you go about juggling those relationships? Um, our primary concern will always be the well-being of our staff, and that includes our independent contractors and our temp staff. So we started with asking questions. Are you able to work and can you do so safely? We then actioned independent site safety self-assessments within 24 hours and amended our information to ensure that we were collecting real-time data in relation to COVID-19. We have a phenomenal internal team that actually work away in the background, allowing us to do what we need to do. So 
Speaking from a Wellington perspective, specific to our procurement and commercial portfolio, we were lucky enough to be in a position where we didn't have to terminate any of our contractors during the height of the pandemic. This is in part due to the nature of the work that commercial professionals do. Our clients did not want to lose talented professionals during this time and then find themselves on the back foot when we went back to new normal. We fielded a lot of calls from hiring managers who wanted to know what other agencies were doing and we ensured that we were providing free-flowing information and connections to those that really needed it. But most importantly, we advised our clients that terminating due to COVID-19 should be a last resort. So things like, is the project still running? Are they able to get access to tech to perform their role? And do they have work from home capability? Were really important questions. When something as big as this happens, people react in all different ways with some hiring faces, sorry, hiring managers facing some really difficult decisions. We work to support our customers and our staff by talking through things, offering up different solutions and providing as much market insight as we could. Asking those really simple questions probably saved both parties a lot of unnecessary disruption. Of course, we are lucky in New Zealand as the economy starts to open up, we're starting to see activity coming back. I love that notion of transparency and positivity. I mean, that, that sort of leadership that you've been able to deliver, Vanessa, that is fantastic. So look, with New Zealand now declared COVID free, how are you exiting from the lockdown phase? And what role does the recruitment sector have in this re-expanding New Zealand economy? Well, it's definitely exciting to be at level one and New Zealand as a whole has done an amazing job working together. We've started welcoming people back into our offices, which is brilliant. I've started seeing clients face to face, still no hugs, no handshakes, but as I mentioned, we're going back to a new normal, not how things have been in the past. Our research has shown that candidates, 86% of those recently surveyed, uh, expect more flexibility in their work life. It's our job to facilitate and have those conversations with clients. We may, say, we may see workplaces change moving forward as well. If you have half of your team working from home from now on, what does that mean for your physical footprint? Do we need such big workplaces? We're starting to see candidate movement back in the market. Many employers will have more choice and we're supporting our candidates to stand out from the crowd. So we do this through video profiling and we've actually had this tech running, running during the pandemic, which has been hugely important. In some areas, we'll see an increased skill shortage due to the borders being closed. International travel is a big deal for New Zealand from a tour tourism perspective, but also we import masses of highly skilled professionals. For example, strong experienced commercial specialists have always been skill short in New Zealand. In these areas, organisations will have to hire for potential. A lot of technical skill can be taught and we'll be coaching and supporting organisations with this mindset shift. We talk to people all day, every day, clients and candidates. Recruitment can help stimulate confidence in the economy simply by staying positive and making sure that we are the ones sharing those good news stories. Letting businesses know other stories of hiring, stories of candidates upskilling, reskilling. It's amazing the impact that good news can have to help foster business confidence. That's absolutely brilliant. I mean, you've, you've nailed it, Vanessa. We've, we've actually done our own survey, people wanting not just a new normal, but a better normal. And um, you know, 86% of the figures we're getting. So, um, yeah, you're talking to people every day and you're getting the message. It's just wonderful. So what further lessons and insights have, have you gained from this experience which may help or inspire our IACCM members? Don't wait for a pandemic. Get your ducks in a row. Invest in tech and activity-based working early. 
what tech does your organization use? What are you missing? Look, it's a shameless plug for Microsoft here, but Microsoft Teams is a great platform. <laughs> the ability to host a meeting from your lounge or even your bedroom, no need to coordinate flights and travel bookings. Technology has shown us we don't always need to travel for business meetings. Online can work. That same survey we did showed that team video calls are the most important part of sustaining working relationships in a remote workforce. Tech isn't just about trying to get the next big shiny toy. It should be considered with relation to how it can sustain and build working relationships. How can it remove tedious admin tasks to free up your employees to be more productive? Look into the security implications of your BCP now when you have time and make pragmatic and appropriate changes to your policies to encourage a more agile workforce and communicate. Build strong, productive relationships so you're in a good place to continue to develop and as a team, you're resilient when it comes to times of change. I remember my first IACCM meeting maybe seven years ago now. Um, the practices of effective contract management. And one of the main points was recognizing that both parties have an obligation to make a profit. <laughs> it's always good to remember when you're in a panic situation that there are two of you in it. I know it seems a bit fluffy, but being kind has been one of the taglines from NZ government. And I think it's not a bad place to start. Well, Vanessa, we're hearing the words, keep talking to people, be positive, be resilient, be optimistic. Um, this is the sort of leadership that the IACCM's fostered, you know, Tim and Sally and the team. In all of their conferences last year, there was this notion of infectiously optimistic leadership. So the last question I've got for you is one that puzzles me. The science shows optimism is the underpinning of innovation resilience, entrepreneurship, intrapreneurship, and companies like yours know that infectious optimism is a key trait of leadership. So why are so few people interviewed about their optimism in job interviews? Can I blame evaluation methodology? Is that okay? Absolutely. <laughs> um, Tell us about it. I feel like at the moment, optimism is seen as a personality trait rather than a tangible, provable feature. That's not to say you can't work on it, but I think too often in interviewing, there's this formulaic approach that doesn't allow for those kind of questions. If you look at an interview process in Lominger theory, for example, utilizing behavioral competency-based questions to dictate future response, the answers need to be markable. It needs to fit into what is effectively a weighted evaluation process, I's dotted, T's crossed, so that if anyone challenges the process, it's watertight. Two-way interviews are key here. Ones where candidates can get to actually show you their personality and demonstrate optimism rather than memorize scripted answers. Innovation very rarely follows the rules. Neither does entrepreneurship. So maybe, optimistically, it's time to shake this up. You are spot on, Vanessa. I'm so inspired. Um, it's been a fantastic opportunity to talk to you. Um, to share your wisdom with the IACCM members globally. So we are so grateful to you and thank you so much for giving up your time on, you know, uh, an evening uh, in New Zealand, which is so pleasant most of the time. So Thanks, thank you for listening to our Optimism Cafe podcast. And please do get in touch with us if you have a good news story that you want to tell. Vanessa, good night and thank you.